Quinn Ewers out of the shotgun. Robinson offset to his right. One man shifts in motion. The handoff. Bijan cutting to the two, to the one, to the goal line. Bijan Robinson, touchdown, Texas. Just kept churning, moving forward. Follow the block from Hayden Connor into the end zone to put Texas on the board for her first down. Handoff. Robinson again to the left side. Here's Bijan. Say goodnight to it. He'll try it into the end zone. Countered back to the left side. A 17-yard touchdown run. Up to the line of scrimmage. Tight formation. Ewers under center, hands to Robinson, Curtis over the top, vaulting into the end zone for a Texas touchdown on the final play of the first half. We have liftoff in Lawrence. Ewers with the snap, turns, hands to Robinson. Bichon trying to follow a block, now cuts it outside. Robinson back inside, 25-20. Oh my goodness, forget it, touchdown. Bichon Robinson. A 32-yard touchdown run, his fourth touchdown of the ball game. And that's going to do it. Texas Longhorns will clinch a winning record in Big 12 conference play. They clinch a winning record overall for the season. And they exercise the demons of last season's overtime loss to Kansas, and they do it in blowout fashion. Well, it's not misses. It's Mr. Robinson. That's right. Number five, Bijan Robinson, folks, showed up and showed out in Lawrence, Kansas this past weekend as the Texas Longhorns throttled the Jayhawks in a much-needed blowout win uh, for the 2022 season. Uh, man, what an exciting time on Saturday. And we're excited to actually come back on this podcast and talk about basically I would like to say I can't think of many podcasts we've done where it's been almost no problems it's but here we are Joe yeah. almost a flawless game for Texas and with that being said this is the Bevo boys my name is Craig Branch the man on the other side of the microphone Joe Scanlon they're ready to take our hearts out again, Joe. Yeah. They keep, they keep, they keep pulling us back in, man. They keep I know, pulling us I, back it's, in. It's it's kind of frustrating at this point. But hey, Creighton, guess what? It's amazing what happens when you don't make a bet that will delete our Twitter account if we lose to Kansas. I thought we have moved past that, and quite honestly, I'm surprised people <laughs> didn't bring it up. I thought that, that's I thought for sure our good friend Sean Harris. Listen. Our great friend I Sean thought, Harris would say something. Yeah, who is still obsessed with the fact that we have yet to do it. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I'll say this about that. I still can't believe we lost that game. So that's just it's a bad on my part. I'll take it. I'll take it. And that's what still can't. I honestly, still can't believe we uh, we lost. But that that is the past, Joe. We have come back. We have taken revenge. And we have finally, finally, I, I, I hate to say it like this, but we got over the Kansas Jayhawk hump. I can't believe I'm saying it like that, <laughs> but here we are. And uh, it is, it's nice. It's, it's nice to get a win like this for the Horns. Nothing close. It was over from the jump. Texas wins 55-14 to and Lawrence to a... 81% capacity crowd. Pretty shocked, honestly, that it wasn't sold out. And we can we can talk about a lot of things, 
but it's obviously the glaring thing was Mr. B. John Robinson himself, number five. Honestly, if this team has one loss, that, that game probably puts him in the Heisman conversation. Oh, 100%. I mean, 25 carries, 243 yards, and four touchdowns. Three of them coming in the first half. He could not go down. He could not be stopped. Kansas had no answer for him or the rest of the running game. So, Bijan, I'm going to miss you, man. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm going to miss you. Yeah. Even though, even though a... Uh, a reporter, Anwar Richardson, says that Bijan actually said he's thinking about it. Or, what's the quote here? He said he's going to talk to the coaches, his family, his agent. God, they have agents now, Creighton. And they most sure importantly, do. God, after the season, to decide if he'll enter the NFL draft. Um... People are trying to make sense of that. I like to take things for face value, which means he's going to talk to people and see if he wants to stay. Others are already saying he's just saying that because he's going to the NFL. Do I blame him for going to the NFL after this? No, I do not. He's going to be a first-round pick. Oh, he should be. If, if oh, he, no, he'll definitely be the first running back taken off yeah, the if, board. If, don't, if, don't. If projections and whatnot have him going later in the first or second round, I'd come back. That's just me. Really? That's just me. With NIL now, he can make so much money still in college. See, that's that's the kicker. Not 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 to dwell too much on this before we get into the game, but like that is the kicker. Is like he's the first one, man. Like he's honestly the first one in a way of like really, really, really talented player who is the best in his position. But as at a school that basically everybody knows could pay him more than a rookie deal in the NFL, but the opportunities there for the NFL. See, that mm-hmm. never done this before. This is new waters that we are treading, yes. and it's kind of I'm kind of excited to see how that gets navigated. I don't know. I honestly don't know what he's gonna do. Now. You know, there's a donor out there that they're gonna be like, all right, Bijan, your rookie deal is gonna be three mil, oh, four mil. Here's five sure. mil. I got it, and then the School will be like, well, that's his contribution for the year. All right, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Oil Tycoon. Appreciate it. So that'll be interesting. Oh yeah, Red McCombs. That'll be interesting to see. But yeah, let's get into the game here. So Bijan, of course, went off four touchdowns. <laughs> Jonathan Brooks, hello. The future is bright hello. if Bijan leaves. Eleven carries, 108 yards, and two touchdowns, and he he looked like a smaller version of Bijan. And I mean, he's still young. Just put get him in the weight room. Get him in the weight room. Get him in the cafeteria. He'll put on the weight. And Texas is in just such a great spot with the running backs right now. Because you might lose Bijan, which is sad. You're going to lose Roshan, which is sad. Because he's the heart and soul of this team. At least on the offensive side. But you look at who's behind them. Jonathan Brooks. Keelan Robinson. Jaden Blue. And... If all things go well, Cedric Baxter coming in next year, five-star running back out of Florida. Right. Uh, name me a better running back room in the nation. Not yeah, only, which not is really not only this year, but for next year. It was like three years ago. We didn't even like for the freshman year for Bijan. It was just like wasn't like awful. 
but like it wasn't anything special. And then before, and then before that, it was, it was just failed attempt after failed attempt, after, you know, promised this and didn't get this and yada 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 and can't stay healthy. This and this is the first time, like seriously, the first time since the Mac Brown era. This is one of the, like the one positions where like they're actually finally like good again. They haven't been good, Joe. Like they've had one offs. Like and I would even consider like like Malcolm Brown, you know, was was like great. And then you had guys like Deontay Foreman was a one off. He had a great like one year. Uh same thing with like Chris Warren. And, you know, it just like but no guy's been able to put together like three or so years and like with with the depth that this this crew has, so it's it's it I you got to give credit to Sark for if if anything for that he has completely built this uh, running room, and I don't think that they're going to miss a step if Bijan loses. I mean, obviously he's amazing and he's unlike you, you can't replicate him, but I think everybody saw what, why Jonathan Brooks was so hyped coming out of high school. I mean. The, the kid's great. The kid's going to be just fine. And so, and then Jaden Blue even showed flashes of brilliance. And Keelan Robinson's, hey, I'm Keelan Robinson's good too. He just doesn't get as many touches oh, yes. right now. And think about it, another year with the offensive line. I don't think we lose maybe, what, one person on the offensive line? Right. And we are replacing them with more high-quality talent. Gosh, I would love to run behind that offensive line. Not that I'd get very far, but, you know, I I, okay. I I think behind that offensive line, I could get three yards. Oh, man. I think I could get three yards. Joe with the... I am uh, 275 pounds. I think I could get three hey, yards. I'm like a... I'm this like a, man's a power I'm back. A, put, him yeah, I'm a full, put him in. I'm a full back. Put him on... <laughs> at the, the five-yard line when you need a score... <laughs> Throw them in there. I'm a I'm a skinnier uh, version of the fridge. <laughs> oh my god! It was it was just it was good to see that the rushing room finally has some direction because for years and years and years and years and especially during Charlie Strong, all of Charlie Strong and all of Tom Herman, uh, outside of like one game at the very end when B. John actually got to play, it was. This this room was completely neglected, almost like there just wasn't much to it. And so, to say that now coming back two years into the Sark thing and say that it's the strongest possible like room out of the entire team, it's a good feeling. I mean, it's it's an awesome it's an awesome feeling. Just have to give them the ball, and you can see what happens when you give these guys the ball. Uh, it they they do great. I mean, they've never let you down when you've given them twenty plus carries. So. Last thing before we move on from the running backs. They had 427 total yards. I mean, it's incredible what happens, Sark, when you run the ball, huh? It, you gotta, like, exactly. that's, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep saying it until the cows come home, honestly, like, I hate to keep beating the dead horse, but I just feel like if you, if he comes back or not, this, this applies to the just one more game or two more games or the entire season next year. I just believe if you give the ball to Bijan 25 plus times, I just think you're going to win that ball game every time. I mean, I know like even even if the first mm-hmm. 
eight or nine or ten carries doesn't go right, like he only gets a couple yards every day, he's got 50 yards total after ten carries, I just believe that eventually he's breaking through and he's wearing the defense down no matter what. And he's going to get you enough yards to win ball games. And, like, I just, I mean, they've never lost Joe when they put that many, when they've given him that many carries. So I'm just going to keep saying it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good trend. Real quick, too, he's in the record books here. 97 yards away from tying Jamal Charles for fourth all-time in rushing yards. Uh, he would need to come back to get any higher than that because Earl's 1,000 yards higher. Dude. So I, he w- I don't think he's going to touch Cedric Benson at 55-40. And he's definitely not touching Ricky at 6,279. He would need 3,040. How good that was. Yeah. How good Ricky Williams was, yeah. Uh, rushing touchdowns, he is two behind Sam Ellinger and Jim Bertelson. Damn, we really need we See? really Sam. That's a, that's a there you go. Lot, that plays he? back Holy into cow. our point of the running room be nothing when Homeboy was there. Oh my god. So, oh, there you gosh. go. If you didn't if you didn't think we know what we were talking about, that backs it up. He is uh less than a hundred yards away. From passing Roy Williams to be the fourth all-time in yards from scrimmage. And he is two away from Earl Campbell in total touchdowns. Based off of what I've seen just throughout his career in Texas, and especially this year, I'm ready to say he's the third best running back we've ever had in this program. I don't think that that's too far out of the stretch. I... No, I don't know. Oh, Charles wants to talk no, to you. No, it's true. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, there's, I, I'm um, not going to blame anybody who wants to make that argument. I think it's right there. And Cedric Benson. No, you're right. I think yeah. I think it's a toss-up between I, those three. Tell you what, I tell you what. We actually used Bijan when Herman was here. And we used Bijan more this year. He is the third best running back in Texas history. Yeah, Tom Tom Stats clearly wise, botched sure. that. Like, oh, he like botched clearly. the hell out of that. Saving his legs as a fresh... Whatever, man. Ah, let's move to the passing game. Quinn Ewers, competent. That's oh how I would gosh. describe his game. Competent. He made good, high percentage throws. He connected on a deep ball, deep-ish ball. And then he should have had the other deep ball, but Worthy has not been able to catch anything. Lately, so 12 of 21, 107 yards, a touchdown. You know what, Quinn? I'll take it. He and even said it, he was a game right. manager. And that's all you need when Bijan's gonna run for 240 yards and four touchdowns. So, you know, I think that's a good bounce back game for Quinn. I think people noticed that on those deep balls, he stepped into his throw. It was a little better, and he looked a little more. So, so progress. That's what we want here. Progress. Go into the offseason. Work a little more. Apparently, Sark said the quarterback competition is wide open. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. The way it's I, been, the way he's looked. And I think that's <laughs> incredible because everyone said Quinn was going to do two years and then go to the NFL. So, of course, he could go have the offseason of his life, come back and look like Colt McCoy in his second year. But which is not out of the question. I mean, like that's that's some that's what you usually see with some of these quarterbacks that 
uh, end up getting taken like number one overall in the draft or a top 10. I mean, they usually like make that kind of progression. So I don't think it's out of the question to say that like he might come back and be all world. I mean, he's clearly got the talent to do so. And you've seen, it's not like he hasn't shown it this year. He just has kind of gotten to a situation where, I don't know, it got really, it just got real weird there, man. He just started throwing off his back leg. Like he was like fall, like a fadeaway jump shot. It was just started getting, I I mean, Freshman, yeah. stupid freshman things. I mean, he's still right. got pretty good stats, so I'll, you know, I'll take hey, it for a freshman. The the idea, I think, like, it was obvious that the idea was let's see where, and if it wasn't, it eventually became, or let's just let Bijan cook and let's see what he can take us, uh, or where he can take us, and that was two hundred and forty three yards, and all that Quinn needed to do was hey, drive that bus, man. Don't do anything stupid. Give the ball off to number five, make a couple passes here and there, make a first down here and there, you know, run with your feet a few times, which was nice, things like that. Just just be a game manager. Like, don't do anything crazy. You don't need to take over the game. Let the man behind you do it. And that's what he did. And I think that's honestly a very good sign of maturity for Quinn Ewers that He's able to do that just fine, and like he's a freshman, regardless of how rated he is and how amazing his talent is and how you know natural the position he is, he's still a redshirt freshman quarterback in college football, and this is usually how it goes. And so, hey, I'm fine with it. I think he, I think he much rather do this and win than ball out and just lose because that's no fun so uh he, then again uh you know I'll, I'll say this for quinn too uh he actually threw to whittington a lot more six yes. receptions for whittington 56 yards uh yeah i don't know what's up with worthy there's rumors and swirlings that he's not happy and honestly it looks like him and quinn are not on the same page i don't know what's going on with that but you know, which is strange because they target he, he targets him more than anybody. Yeah. So it's like, I, well, I I just I don't get it. You know, at this point though, if he's gonna keep playing like that and be you know bitching on Instagram, <laughs> oh, like Joe's Joe's about the oh Joe took that personal. I mean, well, I'm not gonna take it personal, but you know, we it, it, it's very it's feeling very brewish. <laughs> It's feeling very brewish. Oh, that that and, poor guy. And yeah. uh, if we were, if if Xavier Worthy was to transfer, what are we losing? I know Xavier's a good. I know he's a good. He he runs very good routes. We've seen that on display. But you know who's coming in behind him? Jonte Cook. Yeah. We get Naylor back. Nayer, not Naylor. Nayer. We get. Savion Red will have a bigger role now. Right. Jatavion Sanders will be back. Billingsley's there. We would be just fine without Xavier Worthy. Based off of this year, I think a good way to put it is you would be losing a lot of potential talent. That's it because it's not – I say that because last year was amazing. He was obviously a really, really great player, a go-to guy. And this year, Joe, it's been a lot of, you know, when Xavier does this or when is he going to – or if he's going to do it or this, that, this or 
you know, if, if he just, and so, and it hasn't really happened. And so I think I, I'm, if, if he left, I think you'd be losing a lot of potential talent, but I don't know if that, I mean, at, at the moment, you can't really say much else about him because his play hasn't shown it. Uh, so if I were him, I mean, I don't know why he would be unhappy, quite honestly. Because here's the thing right. with me. Here's the thing with me. Like, one, I think he's been targeted pretty all right. But, Joe, there's a lot of passes. As bad as Quinn Ewers has been, for example, take the Saturday one. There's a lot of passes you got to come down with if you're going to be considered one of the best receivers in the nation. Which, that was the point. Was Xavier Worthy best receiver in the Big 12? That was the conversation. You got to come down. You think C.D. Lamb at his at his point in Oklahoma? You think he's coming down with that ball the other day? I mean, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, like, like you got to make like some. It looks like he just gives up on some of those right. balls. Exactly. Yeah. And so we don't need that. So you know what? If he wants to move on, you know, good, 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 good for him. Goodbye. We have talent to replace you. Joe is ready to throw hands uh, there. He goes. Uh, well, I'm he just goes on his Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. Whatever. Oh. Let's talk about defense because they did only give up 14 points, and really that was when all the second and third stringers were in. Man, this defense, God, I every week, I think we need to apologize every week to Pete Kwiatkowski. So uh, this is my weekly apology to Pete Kwiatkowski. Pete, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we doubted you, and clearly you have started developing this talent. These young guys are looking pretty good, and they're averaging under 21 points a game given up for the first time since, I think, 2009. So, Jeez. if... if can, if Pete can keep this up next year and build on it and make it even better, I think we're ready for the SEC. I think though that like was it but honestly like at the be- like at, because what you're what you're essentially talking about is after the Tech game, like to be fair that was a really that really, was a bad, really bad defensive. Game. So like yeah. so like as much as we do apologize, like there's been moments where you've looked and you'd be like. Okay, that's bad. There is, is really still bad. there is still work to be done because the middle exactly. of the field is still open. Every time. But I think overall the run defense, oh my god, that is like night and day between last year and this year. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. Need to, and like need to work on sacks and they they lead right now. They didn't only got two hurries on Saturday, but to to their credit, Kansas deep uh, offense wasn't on the field very much. Um <laughs> No sacks though. That's you know a little concerning, but it's all good. It's all good. Let's uh, props to Anthony Cook leading the team with six solo tackles on the day. Jalen Ford playing like the defensive player of the year with five tackles and of course an interception. And Jaron Thompson played pretty good. I wonder what the injury status is for him because he went out. Yeah, he was looking like. Did you hear anything about it or? No, but he sure did. I mean, yeah, that's not good. He looked like he he did not look like whatever was going on didn't look like it was fun to be dealing with. I mean, he was kind of he was grimacing like so maybe he's fine now. Maybe it was a just a situation where yeah, 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 exactly. So So, I haven't checked though. Really, not much to say about the defense. So good job, guys. Uh, Hey, I mean, I think what did did I say? We're taking the, the shirts away. I, th- I think the shirts, yeah, the shirts are still in the they're still in the box. I'm not taking yeah, them out. Yeah, yeah, I'm not taking them sure. out again. So yeah, they lost them after the TCU game, and uh, yeah, so they they so for another week 
there are no Stooges on the Texas defense. So, good Question job. Question for you. Good job. Yeah, thank you, Creighton. What's up? Baron Sorrell. Mm-hmm. Is he... I've heard... and I, I, I'm not the only one that's been saying this. This has been a conversation that's taken place in the last 24 hours. Would you say... In terms of returning players, is he the best one? Kalen Ford. Okay. Because a lot of people think... I, I, I guess, let me rephrase that. Because, like, yes, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm, in terms of this, it, in terms of returning players with the most potential, would you say is Baron... A lot of people are saying it's Baron Sorrell over Jalen Ford. Would you just say that? Because it's obvious this kid's really good. With the most potential, yeah. yeah, Sorrell can develop into being an even better player than he is right now. Jalen Ford, not saying he's hit his ceiling, right. but he's a really good player. You know what you're going to get with him. I don't know how much is left there is untapped. The person with the most potential is Baron Sorrell. Um, so he plays great. It'll man. be very cool to see him come and back. Huh? I said he plays great. And one thing you have to give credit to PK for and uh just piggybacking off of the uh, apology tour is that what have we seen between Manny Diaz, Todd Orlando and all these other guys uh first year they come in stellar amazing absolutely great smoke and mirrors joe as we like to say oh and god yeah everyone's like oh we figured it out this defense is great you know they can't stop uh or they can't stop. They don't know what's going on. You know, we've got them. And then second year happens, and it's a complete disaster. Looks completely different than the year before. They're letting everything go through. Swish cheese, no smoke and mirrors, just smoke. And for the first time, I think, literally since that 2009 year, I mean, is this, like, give credit well, to Pete. Pete Kwiatkowski's first year. Defense wasn't great. Now they've progressed. Exactly. This is not the this is not the trend that we're used Thank to. Thank you. Give credit to PK. This is the first time probably since the last great Texas team that a defense has looked better in the second year than they did in the first. And that's a great sign, man. And he's clearly building something. And I I have my reservations about him, of course, but it's obvious that he is got these guys in the right direction because if you had to look at any point of this team this year when this is all over joe in the next four weeks you're good we're gonna look and say what was the what was the biggest improvement what was it it was obviously defense you, obviously, obviously the defense. you know so i gotta i you're right gotta give him credit man he's doing something that no texas defensive coordinator's done in literally 12 years congrats bk Hey, I'll take it. All right. Well, there you go. Kansas does not come out with a win for the second year in a row. They didn't sell it out. They didn't sell it out. What was that about? Boy, to Kansas fans, we were talking trash, too. I heard it from uh, good friends of the podcast, uh, Tyler Jones and Nick Cousin. They were like, Kansas is going to beat you guys again. Yeah, let's uh, slow our rules there, buddy. 55-14, Texas wins final score. Texas moves to 7-4. and four. Kansas is at six and five. So it's almost bowl season, Creighton. Indeed. And we have a projection for Texas. What bowl do you think this is gonna be? Pack your bags, folks. <laughs> We're going 
to San Antonio to most likely play. Oh, oh. No. Oh, man. Are we going? Oh, wait. Give me. Okay, fine. Give me one more. Give me one more. Are we going to Houston? No. All right. I get it. This is How do you feel territory. about Florida? We're going to the Camping World Bowl? No. Okay. okay. <laughs> wait. Time out. Wait, wait. Where, where are we going? It's in Orlando. It's not the camping. Stop. Not the camping. Am I thinking? Do I need to be thinking bigger? Um, think of food organization. Uh, food company. They make food. Cheese it. Yep. Dang it. That's our projected uh, bowl game. But but hey, okay, look that cheese it bowl with Calif was it TCU in California? Oh yeah, that was a blast. That was that was that was, no that remember that was the ugliest game of the ever because it no, was like five I'm, interceptions. I, it, no, yeah. no, hundred percent it was. But for me, that was a blast. <laughs> oh, that was a blast. Yeah, I said it was a blowout. I was like, that wasn't a blowout. They couldn't score because they kept giving the ball back to each other. Yeah, no, it was no. a very ugly. Our game. projected opponents, Oregon. No. Cheer, cheer for old Notre Dame. Oh, God. I don't got it in me to play Notre Dame in a bowl game. <laughs> Notre Dame in a bowl game. And, uh... Hey. I'm feeling another Texas is back game. What do you think? I mean... I'm... That'd make it, if they win on Friday, which we'll get to in a second, right? and then they beat Notre Dame to go 9-4... and four, Oh yeah, then you guys start Ooh. having the, well, yeah, you guys start having the conversation. Then, but my, and then, however, my whole thing was the reason that I am not there yet because I didn't honestly think this team would win against Kansas, and not quite sure if Baylor plays the way they did against TCU, which was kind of scrappy. If they'll go, if they're going to win against them, but nonetheless, uh, a bowl game, the Cheez It Bowl. It's almost in a way very nice that we don't have to because like. There's a there's a legitimate shot that we end up in San Antonio again, and I'm kind of down. I'm down. I'm kind of done with that. Uh, yeah. Because the way it lo- the way it's looking is that let's say TCU wins the entire thing. Oh, TCU will get in, and then if we don't go, Kansas State's going to go to the the uh, sugar. Thank yep. you, and that would put us once again. As a third-ranked team, which means oh, we will God, be packing yep. our bags to San Antonio. So it's very probable. So, honestly, I could use a change of scenery. I will take the cheese it Bowl. I will take the guaranteed – actually, no. I'd rather just I'm, – I'm, I'm starting – I wouldn't want to do, like, the guaranteed rate bullet. But I change of scenery, nonetheless, is definitely what I would want to want to do. And if it has to be Notre Dame, I guess, but I would like to, I would like to have somebody else – because then you start getting a bunch of storylines and yeah. Well, you know, we always wanted to see you know Texas versus A and M in a bowl game, but uh, oh, one one of those teams didn't. You know what? Bowl I'm glad you said that. Year. Our 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 weekly bash on A and M uh, conversation that lasts about two seconds. For as bad as we have been, and we have been bad Joe over the last ten years. I mean, bad. Bad, 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 bad. We've never, ever 
been that bad. And that is... They're about to go 4-8. and eight. I mean, 4-8, and eight, they're dead last in the conference. They're unbelievably awful. Their quarterback situation is a mess. Jimbo, nobody likes him. He's getting paid too much. They don't have anybody go to the stands. They barely beat UMass. I mean, they definitely did beat Appalachian State, who is not doing so hot in the Sun Belt. So, for as bad as we've been, we've never gone 4-8. and eight. We've never gone 4-8. and eight. And that's music to my ears. I love it. You love to hear it. You'll love to hear it. Yeah, I'd like a good change of scenery, though. Notre Dame in a bowl game would be pretty fun. And go on, you know, somewhere fun, not just San Antonio. You know, you can just commute to San Antonio. You don't got to – you don't even got to, like, really try. You just hop on a bus, drive an hour south. Yeah, those seniors have been there twice already in their in their four years of They get cool rings. They get cool rings for it. Well, sure, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, cool. yeah. But, but still, it's like I'd want to go somewhere else. That's just me. I think so. that – it's crazy because the Cheez-It Bowl was actually the one bowl that we were projected to uh, make before the pre uh, before the season. It was the preseason prediction. So the fact that we've actually lasted this entire way through the season and are still right there, uh, good good job by whoever made that uh, list originally. And I don't know, man. Like I think that the fact that like if we've seen it before, though. Joe, we've seen it a thousand times. Tom Herman was doing the same thing. Like, these guys are no strangers to winning bowl games. We've gone to the bowl games, and when we've gone to the bowl games, we've won the bowl games, and usually we win them by flying colors. It's always the situation of what can you do after the bowl game, and that's more of what I'm curious to see. Like, I fully expect, let's say Texas beats Baylor, but they don't make it to the Big 12 championship game. I mean, odds are, I mean, like, the way it looks, Texas is probably going to, you know, play pretty well in their bowl game. They are always they always get up for it. So that's not even the question for me. It's what can you do, you know, after the bowl game if you do win because the expectations will be at an ungodly high. Uh-huh. After, if you go 8-4, and 9-4, and four, yeah, you're, you're at a very high level after going 5-7 and seven the year before, so... We'll have to see, but let's. You mentioned Baylor. Let's talk about Baylor first. Let's talk about our predictions. Creighton, man, picking against the Horns. Maybe you should just pick against the Horns. Every time you've done that, they've won. So. I think I picked them against. Oh yeah, you're right. Never mind. Yep. Dang. It. Oh well, no, you 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 picked uh, you picked oh, OU and you're they right. won. I did pick OU. You picked OSU and they lost. So yeah. That was, you know, good 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 on you. You picked <laughs> Kansas State and they won, but I also picked Kansas State. And then I picked TCU. you picked them against TCU. The happening. TCU lost. So. Um, so really, I don't think there's a, the only constant I think I can see through all this is when you send our group chat the "Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace" message before yeah. kickoff. We win. I'm not kidding. You you were late on the TCU yeah, game. I, was. I think you were late on the Oklahoma State game. Yeah. I don't. I can't remember Tech at this point, but I don't think I did it for Tech. So everyone, pretty much, blow up yeah. Creighton's mentions and make sure he texts the group chat on Friday at 10.55, 10, between 10.55 and 11 o'clock. The Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace. <laughs> it's, and we will beat Baylor. Right, and you know, but the thing is, Joe, is that, the, the, the you know, give credit to this team as we get into this Bears game that 
This is the first time. First time since over a decade that they haven't lost back-to-back games. This team has yet to let anything crazy happen after a, a heartbreaking loss, for lack of a better term. And that was the reason that I've been picking against this team. I just... You I've say seen this it. is the first time they haven't lost back-to-back games? It's oh, yeah, a, you're right. It's been a long okay, time. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah I, I, I heard you wrong. I was like, they lost six in a row last year, dude. Oh, like, no. <laughs> no, yeah, we don't. Yeah, no, last year was bad. and so Or five yeah, or whatever it was. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Lost, yeah, first time they've lost back, haven't lost back-to-back games. Uh, well, now you got me all confused. You know what? I, I said it right. No, I know I know, I know. what you're Thank saying. You. Okay. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, right and I haven't, you know, that's why I keep picking against this team because I just, I just don't, I don't fully trust them because I've seen this before. But they answered another question of mine, like after an unbelievably awful, ugly, just bad game against TCU, they came out and completely throttled Kansas and got as much momentum as possible heading into the final game of the year, which. Fittingly so is an 11 a.m. kick. We haven't had many of those this year, actually, if you think about it. No, but... Not like last year. They still suck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, I was close on the Kansas score. I was three points off. What, what was yours? We were 21-17. Oh. We were yeah. very off about Texas. I don't <laughs> think anyone saw Bijan going off for what he did. Uh, so, the Baylor Bears come to town. They are coming off a heartbreaking loss to TCU where they literally let them drive down the field and kick a field goal with no timeouts. <clears throat> they sprinted on the field. The kicker didn't even, like, set up. He just, like, stood in, like, a spot where he normally would, and then he kicked it. And that was it 40 yards, so that's not even, like, a gimme. Right. So, uh, yeah, Baylor's going to be a little upset coming into this game. Um, let's, see, uh, let's see tail of the tape here. Um, right now, we are projected to win 81% to 18. The spread is 8.5 points in favor of Texas, which means every game this year, minus Alabama, Texas was favored. I cannot think of a season where that has happened in recent history. So do you call it, like, we had this conversation the other day, but I think it's going to bring up on the podcast, because of that, you're favored to win every game except Alabama, which means you're technically expected to go 11-1. Yeah. Would you consider it underachieving at that point now? No, because spreads are stupid. Because a win's a win, and if you don't win by eight and that, or nine points, you don't win your spread. And that's stupid because you won the game by five or whatever. So, I don't... But just I don't, being favored in general, though. Well, well, and but look at some of these lines, man. Like we should never have been favored against TCU. I don't know what they were thinking in that I, one. I bring so that... up the point though. Like I said the other day, you know good and why why this team is favored against these teams because so, of the talent. So I ask you, the talents there because of that because they're they're favored because they're on paper, which we say all the time, but it's true. Yep, more talented. Now your answer could be no. I'm not saying you're wrong if you say no or yes. But just laying it all out there, because with all that being said, I mean, would you consider it underachieving given the fact that we literally went five and seven last year and, and we're we're two games above where we were last year already? So I, you know, I, it depends no, I don't, I don't consider it a failure. I think we're gonna look at some of these losses and go, damn, 
We should have beat Tech. We should have beat Oklahoma State. Right. Hell, we could have beaten Bama, too. And then the TCU game was just a loss because, I mean, we could say we should have won that game, but we didn't play to win that game. Whereas the other games, it just came down to, you know, two chokes in Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, and then Alabama was just a, I think just T- a loss. All right, I think TCU is the only one that we weren't leading, like, at some at point, all. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, wow. I think so. That's so, crazy. Yeah, we just we lost that game. So you're right. Maybe we should be you know ten and one right now. But you know, say la vie. That's the past. Oh Let's God. focus on Baylor. Let's go eight and four because if we lose, then we're tied with them at seven and five, and in the conference at five and four. And I would be pissed for that. <laughs> so points per game, we average thirty five. They average thirty four. We're only getting up twenty. 20 points a game, they average 25. Um, they gain 10 yards more than us per game. They're a pretty balanced team, about the same yards rushing and passing, whereas we're apparently averaging more passing yards, but that's just because of earlier games and not because of these last few games, that's for sure. Um, yards allowed, we're at giving up about the same. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of two very similar teams. But Texas has a lot more talent than Baylor does. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, coming into this game, you know, what, what happens. You know, Blake Shapin, not, uh, not a terrible quarterback. He's got all 2,400 yards through the air, 14 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. Uh, this Reese guy is pretty cool. <laughs> Richard Reese, 908 yards, 14 touchdowns. And then... Baldwin's his fa- uh, Chapin's favorite receiver. He's got thirty catches for five hundred and thirty yards and four touchdowns. So, Creighton, what do you think uh, needs to be done for Texas to win this game? Man, I think we had mentioned it earlier. Uh, before I say this, uh, just as an overall, Baylor's the type of team that, like, if you let them hang around, it's going to get real, real scary there at the end of the game. So. You, you can't you can't you can't let them stay in this ball game because then the longer they stay in man like this team is scrappy they're they're gonna they're gonna find ways and so with that being said i think your answer is the same one and i don't think it's that hard i say it every week too it's like right in front of your face i just think if you give Bijan robinson the ball 25 plus times i just think you're gonna have a ton of success and He's he's just so he's so good. And I don't think that Quinn Ewers, especially in these last two games, I don't think he's gotta be over amazing. I think he can be just just a guy, you know, the the, the game manager, the bus driver that just makes sure he doesn't do anything crazy and let, let the running game speak for itself. Let the running game take you home. I think that that's gonna be plenty to be able to beat Baylor and then go on and play in the bowl game so you just can't get cute man you just uh, give 25 carries back at your your next running back gets 10 or 11 let it take you home yep i i agree you know honestly you know can't run the exact same game plan you ran for kansas but well sure i mean you have to lean on Bijan. it's his last home game senior day Although he might. Come oh, back. you said it. 
You said he it. Might, he might come back, oh. but you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I can't. I'm not Bijan. I don't know what's going on. So we'll have to see what Sark wants to do. I think you're going to need another game like Quinn had on Saturday, or maybe he comes back and just goes off. You know, that's always a possibility. Maybe he finally <laughs> figures it out. I don't know. But I tell you this: if Baylor plays like the way they did against TCU and we play like we did the way against TCU, we're not winning this game. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Uh, we might not win any game if we do it like that. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a good game. I, 11 a.m., I think that favors us maybe. I don't know. They're used to it. I don't know. That is our no. That's a that's a fair assessment. They are probably more used to it than any team in the entire country at this point. I mean, the like, guys who've been there for multiple years, they definitely are used to it. Um, <laughs> Which is a really funny thing to say. Like, who would have ever thought? But it's true, man. Like, and it's probably because Tom Herman, a couple years ago, opened his big opened his mouth and said, "Hey," <laughs> which is this is such a weird quote that he said. I like, you know, I like 11 a.m. kick because you get done early. Like, what, yeah, what, what even? Uh, well, so. we don't know if Tom Herman was an idiot, so. Uh, Creighton, uh, what do you think for your prediction here? Man. So, the, the test for Texas was after an unbelievably abysmal game against TCU where the lights were on you, game day was there, and yada, 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 you lay an egg. Can you come back against a Kansas team who is honestly the best Kansas team they've had uh, in the last since two, since the Orange Bowl year? You know, and you're playing in Lawrence. Are you going to let the TCU game get you down, or are you going to find a way to win this game? And not only did they do that, they completely blew them out. wasn't even a factor to start. So the the test, they passed the test. So because of that, this is this is how I've been all year. Because of that. I'm putting faith in the Longhorns, Joe. I think that I do think that there's a version of Baylor that shows up that was like the Baylor against TCU, but I also think they're going to get met with the version of Texas from Kansas. And I think if those two teams meet, I think the Texas one outweighs the Bears. So therefore, I'm going to pick Texas to win this ball game and finish resoundingly at an eight and four which is pretty all right considering there was points in the year I thought they would be 6-6 six and six, or f- there could have easily been 5-7. Uh, you were seven. calling for 6-6 six so, and six quite a bit. I still believe you know, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. And I, I'm not, once again, I'm not trying. This all plays in. If I'm not I'm not trying to to harp on Hudson Card. And I like he's a great kid, and we owe him an apology because he's not as bad as we thought. But Joe, I swear to God, I swear we're going five and seven or six and six if he starts the okay, entire. Okay, all anyways, right. Anyways, anyways, I'm picking Texas to win. I think it'll be a little bit closer, but I'm still going two touchdowns. I'm going to take Texas. I think B. John Robinson gets close to four again. I'll go forty-two to twenty-four, Texas. Okay, you got them covering. All right, interesting, interesting. Heck yeah, I got them covered. I have 35-28, Texas. Ooh, I think closer. it's a little closer. Um, actually, no, I'm going to change that. Oh, he's changing it on the fly. 35-17. There we go. I like it. I trust it. the defense. I think they keep them under their average. And um, that'll be the, that's the cover, folks. We got them covering. So, 
How many times has Texas covered this? They're shit? seven and four against the spread. That's literally That's their yeah. record. And and <laughs> I think it's one of the wins. No, one of the losses. They did. So they didn't cover against Tech because they were favored. Right. They didn't cover against Oklahoma State because they were favored. They didn't cover against TCU because they were favored. One of the wins they didn't cover because one of the wins with the spread was Alabama because Alabama was picked by Oh, 20. yes. So I don't know what game it was. I want to say it was Kansas State maybe, maybe Iowa State. But one of the actual wins they did not cover. So There you go, 7-4 and four, Texas, which at this point in time, like I said, is – the la- the la- here this is this is what I don't want to happen. I don't want Texas to go out in this game play pretty eh. like Bijan ends up getting only 10 carries or 11 carries. Quinn Ewers reverts back to maybe not throwing 40 passes but throwing 30 plus completes for no- almost none of them and we lose this game by a field goal or something like that, and we end up with the same record as the freaking Baylor Bears, yeah, or Oklahoma, who is uh, like it's no question how bad they are. That to me, I get it. It's a, it's a technically an improvement based off of last year, but that does not feel like an improvement to me. Winning these games, going eight and four, going to a bowl game, and having an opportunity to—I mean, when's the last time Texas won eight games, Joe? Uh, just the Sugar Bowl year, yeah. right? And then and then before that. It was literally Matt Brown time. So, like, it's been very few and far between that Texas has won eight games. Like, this is this is huge for Texas right here. This is a big step in the program. If Steve Sarkeesian wants to prove you want to get everybody off your back, then again, you will be inviting a lot of expectations next year. But you want to get everybody kind of on board, you win this kind of game, and you win your bowl game, and you finish the year 9-4, and four, and you look and you say, we have a four-game improvement from last year. This thing is clearly going in the right direction with the great quarterback, another one coming in, and an all-star running back room, plus a defense that looks the best they've looked literally in 10-plus years. So there's a lot riding on this game, even though... Uh, outside of the Big 12 implications, yada, yada, yada. There's a lot riding on this game for, you know, the way the way things are shaping up to be next year for Sark and the entire crew. I agree. I'm excited. I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid this year, though, because every year I drink the Kool-Aid, it just hurts me. So uh, no Kool-Aid drinking here this next off season. It'll be hard. I will be buying a Manning jersey, that's for sure. Um, he's not going to play this year, but... I don't care. I'm preparing. Ooh, should I wait then? Maybe he'll change his number. I would be shocked if he changed. Was he three right now, or is he sixteen? He's not sixteen, right? He's three, right? What is he? I don't know. I can't remember. What is his number now? In high if school? Manning's three, he's gonna have to change his number when he gets. Oh yeah, no, that's true. You're right. Uh, um, that's a good point because Quinn yours is number three. Uh, what is he? In? What? What? He's. Now that you mentioned that. Wow, I, I I don't think I've ever like thought to look at. I've always looked at the his Actually, arm. I want to say he's eighteen. Oh yeah, no, he's that, sixteen. He is sixteen. He's oh 16. man, okay, he's sixteen. That'll look that'll look really good in the rafters if if he can do something special over four years. Who's so, number Who's number sixteen right now on the Longhorns? Let's look it up. The fact that you have to look it up is is good enough for me to know that we can switch. <laughs> you think? 
Oh, well, I mean, uh, here we see. go. Numbers up to 16. Ben Ballard and Tariq Milton. So, oh, they're both seniors. Oh, perfect. There you go. Works out great. Arch could be 16 and sit on the bench next year. He'll be fine. It'll be great. I, uh, I, I would love to see. I would love nothing more than to have Manning number 16 retired on the oh stadium. God, to have Manning on the stadium. That would look really, really cool. Also, it would be something cool. we could rub into everybody for as bad as we sucked. All these years, we still got that guy, which people are, <laughs> would would absolutely drive people up the wall. And you know, I don't want to get too far into yeah, no. what ifs. Not not the Manning thing. What ifs on if we beat Baylor and Kansas State loses or wins, whatever it is, beats Kansas, or I mean Kansas beats Kansas State. But there still is, whether you like it or not, this team has still positioned themselves to have an opportunity to be in the Big 12 championship game. And it's not out of the question the way that Kansas State, uh, the way that Kansas, sorry, has played this year, especially now that they got their man back, that they, they can find a way to make the game chippy and it's a rivalry game and they could possibly win. And so there's a lot to play for here for Texas still. you you got to go out, and they're literally the first game of the day. So you got to go out and win. And if you win, it all it all comes down to what happens against those two teams. And if they, depending on if their cards fall right, Joe, we're back in the title game for the first time in a couple years. And You, asked, have, me, you asked me the spread of that game. It's 12. <laughs> for which one? For Kansas State. Really? Yeah. Man. So, uh, Poor Kansas. Kansas gets no love, and they just won six games this year. I honestly... I, I think I think them. I think Jaden Daniels has a comeback game. He, I he think can, he, he, he just came back. Anytime. He just came back this week. It's a rivalry game. I think he's a senior, isn't he? Uh, oh, I'm sure. But still, it's a rivalry game. They'd love nothing more than to spoil their rivals' chances of a Big Twelve title. That's true. I mean, and then mm. then you're talking Texas TCU part two and. I think I think Texas wins that. And Texas round. is really really good at round twos, man. And well, that they, not not 2018, but hey, yes, yeah. No 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 no. We the listen. There's there was a few <laughs> plays that didn't go our way, but nonetheless, we hung in that game way more than we did against in the Red River game. I, so wait, no. In the, what do you mean the, in the Red River? We won that game in Red River. Oh yeah, that was the same year, duh. Yeah, I still have year. nightmares of Sam getting blown up by the corner. Yeah, my bad. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah, you're no, no. Oh no, I remember that very well. I forget that we took the golden hat home that year. Sorry, folks. Lapse of ju- lapse of memory. Regardless, he, Creighton's tired from the World Cup. I have, I have, I have honestly, actually, I have been up since seven o'clock yesterday. Which is now we're going on twenty four hours. I don't miss soccer games anyway. There's a chance there for Texas to do something that not sure anybody thought after the Tech game that it would happen, especially after uh, the TCU game that there would still be an opportunity. And that is Sark going to the Big Twelve in his second year. I don't know what happens, Joe. Yeah, but hey, you take gotta, care you, of business. Got to take gotta, care yeah. of business and beat Baylor. Right? You have you, to beat Baylor. You, you got to take care of business, and you got to give him credit that if it does fall the way that it does, that he has positioned this team to do so. That's fair. 
that's completely fair. Well, we'll bring you the results of this weekend next week. Uh, enjoy your Black Friday. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Do you uh, shop on Black Friday? No. Okay, I'm be, so I'm going to be working. Oh, working. yeah. And then, and then I go from work to the USA Watch Party, because USA England. That's right. And, and at the same time, I'm going to be in the car streaming the game so I can't <laughs> miss anything. So, are, you, are you a fan of the non-Thanksgiving games now? Or do you wish Texas still played the Thanksgiving games? Oh, Egg Bowl's on Thanksgiving this year. I wish it was Texas, Texas A&M. I always do, every year. So That's true. I mean, if I, yeah, I, I think I think if it's not going to be A&M in Texas, I don't think they should play on Thanksgiving. So this is, this is I think that's a reserved slot yep. for one team that's, and one team that's, only. That's completely fair. So always remember, folks, the eyes of Texas are upon you and hopefully.